Good morning. This morning's message is about the power of words. Now, how many of you here have ever heard a message on the power of words? Raise your hand. Everybody here has heard this. Now, before I start my message, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. <laughs> because when we hear something that we've already heard, we have a tendency to turn our remote to mute <laughs> and go channel surfing somewhere else. <laughs> okay? <laughs> a few, probably, oh my gosh, probably 10 years ago, there is a, a church where we live, a very large church, and they have a prophet that comes every year. And he stays three or four days, and he ministers the word, and the last night of his ministry, he always teaches on tithing. Always. Because it's important for the body of Christ to know how to partner with God. We, of course, had been invited to go and listen to him, and uh, we had various other obligations, and we couldn't go except for the last night. And my husband says, let's go. I said, I don't want to. (laughs) I know what he's going to preach. I can preach it for him. <laughs> I can tell you we're going to start in Malachi, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. I don't, I don't want to. But we had been invited. And my husband was like, it would be really nice. I said, why don't you just go? <laughs> you go. I'll, I'll stay here. <laughs> and so he said, I'd really like it if you would come. Yes. <laughs> okay, Lord, do I have to go? <laughs> because if God says I'm off the hook, I'm off the hook. <laughs> so I went to the Lord, Lord, I know what it's going to be. I don't want to go and sit for an hour and listen to a message I've already heard a hundred times. <laughs> and the Lord said, if you go, I'll bless you. So I pouted for about two minutes. <laughs> and then... We went to church. And of course, you start with praise and worship. Praise God for praise and worship because it gets your mind off of yourself. And it gets you where your mind's supposed to be on Jesus Christ. And I forgot all about my pouting. <laughs> and he preached the exact same message. Every scripture I knew he was going to speak. But something happened. With every scripture he went to, the Lord took that scripture and he turned it to something for me. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. It had nothing to do with tithing. Nothing. But he could not have preached a better sermon for me to hear. You know why? Because I wasn't hearing what he had to say. I was hearing what the Spirit had to say. And the Spirit was just using him as a vessel. That's my encouragement for you this morning because you're going to hear a lot of things you've already heard. But what is the Holy Spirit saying to you in that word? We did not orchestrate this service this morning with Pastor Steve talking about the praise. He didn't know what song Sarah was going to sing. We didn't orchestrate this. We don't orchestrate God. (laughs) He orchestrates us. That's the wonderful thing about it when you see faith. You see God's hand. You see him at work. You begin to see and to hear what the Spirit is doing and saying. Also, I want to say also, um, Judy had a word. Okay, She did exactly the, the perfect thing you do if you get a word in a service. If you're not sure about speaking that word, you go to somebody who is in charge. You say, I believe I have a word. And then they get to decide, okay, Lord, is this from you? Or is it for now? Is it for later? The person in charge gets to decide. Okay, So if you, because all of you are ministers, All of you have the Holy Spirit. All of you have gifts. All of you have words. All of you have all of that. All of you can do what you see us do. 
You see, that's the thing. You see, you're in training. <laughs> okay, when you see all the things that God does here, guess who he's teaching to do it? Okay? So these things aren't just for the people on this side of the church. <laughs> it's for the whole church, and you can participate too. So don't be afraid. Somebody needs what you're saying. This is how the Lord got me to step out and stop being afraid. He says, are you going to steal somebody else's blessing? Oh, gosh, Lord, you had to go and make it about somebody else. (laughs) That is the orchestration of God. And that's really what this message is about. So I want to talk to you about the power of words, specifically how words can produce change in our lives. Our own words and God's words. All words, all of them have power because they have the power to persuade. They have the power to affect another person's heart. Words can either take our heart towards that which is good and of faith or words can take our heart towards evil and unbelief. There's no such thing as a neutral word. A word is either productive and useful or vain and evil. There are no unpowerful words and that's part of what this is about. So what makes a word so powerful is that they do impact those who hear. What I hope you come away with today is a greater understanding that God has given us the ability to change our own heart with God's words and with our own words. And if we can change our heart, we can change our lives because we live out of our heart. We live out of our heart. Changing your heart not as quick and easy as we'd like it to be. Sometimes it takes time to change our heart because changing our heart starts in our head. When I was a baby, I, this is a story my mother told me. When I was a baby, eight or nine months old, my mother left me with a neighbor while she went to an appointment. While I was there, I was crawling around and I pulled an iron down on my head. I actually still have the scar to prove it, so I know the story's true. <laughs> and uh, of course, I was taken to the doctor and, and I was, they were told I was okay and everything, but something strange happened when that iron hit my head. I lost the ability to feel pain. So they told them, you have to watch her, you have to be careful because if she picks up something sharp, she'll sit and cut herself and think, oh, what the pretty color of red is. <laughs> she'll have no pain to tell her not to do that which hurts her. So having that pain signal is very important. Now, there wasn't anything wrong with my fingers. Our sense of touch, our sense of emotion, actually all of that happens in our head. That's why when I hurt my head, it affected the way I could feel. The reason I bring this up is because when we think about changing ourselves, it sometimes helps us to understand how God created us. He created us in such a way that we have a conscious state when we are awake and we are aware, and then we have an unconscious or subconscious. Some doctors call it non-conscious. It's the part of us that is awake 24 hours a day. It's a part of you that can pray all night when you don't even know you're praying. (laughs) You know, it's that part of us. It's still us, but it's not the part we access regularly. The truth is, though, that's where what we live out of. We live out of our subconscious more than our conscious. Just to prove the point, you take a whole bunch of Christians to a buffet. You know what most of them will say? I know I shouldn't eat this. (laughs) 
but I'm going to do it anyway. Why? Because they believe once in a while it's not going to hurt me. Now they know what's good and right, but they believe something on a different level that says, well, but it won't hurt me if I do it just today. That's not a great analogy, but you, you get my point. <laughs> so it is with believers and our faith and our heart. We have that subconscious level that we need to change. Because usually when we're running into a struggle with something, it's not in our head, in the conscious part of us. It's in the subconscious heart. You could call that. In fact, uh, Dr. Miles Monroe, that's the way he described it. That we have a conscious, that's our mind, is our, our conscious thought. And then our heart is that subconscious part of us. Because that's where the believing takes place. You can't get anything into your heart except through your head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's important that we understand. But that doesn't necessarily always go down into our heart. I'm sure if you've ever been in church for very long, you've heard the testimony. What I knew in my head became real in my heart. See, the heart is the place of experience. And our heart places more weight on what we experience as real than the information. When you read a scripture in the morning, you come to church, and someone else brings that scripture up, what happens is it's called an experience. You see, you could have just read the word and went, okay, that's good. You know, I understand it. It's knowledge. But when you start to hear somebody else speak about it, then you start making the connection. Oh, God is orchestrating this. It goes from words on a paper to an experience with God. When we take the word and it becomes an experience with God, you can't lose it. You know why? It goes from, from our conscious mind into our subconscious. It goes from what we know in our head to something now we've experienced in our heart. And experience in our heart is much more valuable. That's the place of faith. When Andrew Womack teaches about the heart, because people often say, where is it? Um, where's my heart at exactly? We had a speaker here a week ago, Cecil. He's a, an international healing minister. And he talks on the heart all the time because he wants to get people physically healed. Now, you wouldn't think that would be the case. Why would you talk about my heart when my body is the problem? You see, the body is just the symptom. The problem is in our heart. And that's why he's always teaching people about their heart and how their heart works. So sometimes, though, he doesn't get around to helping them understand, how do I get to my heart? Okay, if it's subconscious, how do I get in there and take stuff out? Because I can't see it or think it or... How do I do that? <laughs> and in fact, this last time, there was someone who asked. Because he, he was saying, it is a matter of your heart, not a matter of what you know. And this lady asked him, how do I do that? And he said, get a recording of today. And at first I thought, why don't you just tell her? <laughs> why don't you just tell her what she wants to know? But he had a purpose in that. Because he went on to give her a hint. It's the Holy Spirit element. You see, I've learned even from working with inner healing, I can tell you what your problem is. And I can tell you what you need to know to fix it. But you know what? It does nothing to set people free. You know what sets people free? The spoken word of God when they experience God for themselves. That's the difference. You see, he could give her the truth all day long. But until she makes that connection, until the Holy Spirit says, this is how this works, when it becomes an experience with God, then she'll never lose it. 
Now, when Andrew teaches about the heart, he kind of thinks of it, if you think of a heart, as having two halves, okay? And so when we say, where is my heart exactly? Because everything is scientifically all in our head. We don't really think that way because we feel in our chest. We feel emotions in our torso. So we say, this is my mind and this is my heart. And that's fine. It's okay to understand it that way. How he explains it is that we have half spirit and half soul because we are three separate parts. We are body, soul, and spirit. We have a spirit because God says he gave us a new heart when we got saved. This heart likes love, joy, peace, patience, lungs. That's the heart that has all of that in there. That's why you don't need to pray for patience. You already have it. Okay? So our spirit heart is all good. <laughs> our soul heart, on the other hand, has everything in it that we've ever heard. That's the problem. <laughs> it gets clogged. <laughs> it gets clogged with stuff that's not true. And it takes time to sometimes weed that stuff out. When I came into the message of grace, I was channel surfing. I was strictly a word of faith girl, Pentecostal, charismatic, whatever you want to call it. But I was hungry. I was hungry for that experience with God. I kept flipping through the channels looking for something to feed my spirit. Because my spirit's going, you need to feed me, I'm so hungry. (laughs) I couldn't find anything that would satisfy. It was the same old stuff. Uh, God, and then my, my television was left on the station one day, and Joseph Prince came on. And I didn't agree with everything he had to say. Don't avoid listening to somebody because you don't agree with everything they have to say. Because there was enough in there that my spirit went, oh, yum. <laughs> There's something very yummy in that grace. Now, I'm not going to believe everything he says, but I'm going to take the yummy parts. <laughs> and so I kept listening. And it was a period of, of really five years for God to change my mind that God is really as good as he says he is. That it's true. God is never mad at me. This was foreign to me. I was a good prayer, fasting, intercessing, all night of prayer, we're going to get this done kind of girl. And then I find out, I don't have to do all that? All of that doesn't make me more pleasing to my father? No. Everything I disagreed with, I took it to the Lord. Lord, you have to tell me. You have to show me. I, I love this grace, but I can't know, don't know if I can trust this grace message. Because it sounds, just like the Apostle Paul said it sounds, too good to be true. Sounds like I can sin and get away with it, and that's never, I know that's never your will. So it took some time of God weeding out all the stuff I had in my heart that was contrary to the truth of how good he was. It took time. I had to wash my heart with the word of God. But the word of God alone was not enough. When I say that, this is what I'm talking about. This alone does not save you. There are atheists that have read the word and didn't get saved. There are professors who read this word all the time as literature, and they don't get saved. This alone is not enough. You have to have the missing ingredient, the Holy Spirit. Okay, When the word becomes alive to you, it becomes experience. Experience is powerful. 
our heart loves experiencing God. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, For as a man thinketh in his heart, it doesn't say the man, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For the Hebrew and the Greek, when they said heart and mind, they didn't see it as separate like we do. We think mind and then heart, something separate. They didn't do that. They saw it as all one part. So that, how am I going to go, I think in my heart. We don't say that. We say, I feel in my heart. We associate our heart with emotion. But the word says we actually think in our heart. That's that subconscious level where we don't access it easily. Another way to think of this subconscious and conscious level is short-term memory versus long-term memory. But these are all actually different, but it helps us see the picture. Short-term memory lasts, I don't know, a couple of weeks. <laughs> you ever study for a test? You crammed it in your head? You had it in there just long enough to get the test done, and a week later, you're like, don't ask me any questions. Okay, it's short-term memory. It takes time for us to move something from short-term memory into long-term memory where we will never lose it. Dr. Caroline Leaf says it takes 63 days of hearing the same thing again and again. In other words, if I set my heart to change my heart, then I want to, I want to, I want to access healing. I want to change my mind about healing. Maybe I grew up in a, in a denomination that said, that's passed away, that's not for you. Those words, those thoughts, those beliefs are still in the soulish part of your heart. And so when you try to put new information on top, it doesn't necessarily go in. That's why it takes time. You have to keep sewing and keep sewing and wash away those wrong beliefs. And she says, as a neuroscientist, it takes 63 days in a row. The reason I'm telling you this is because we need to know how God created us. So often we get frustrated because we think, I have a word, it should just pop open today. It should just, there it should be. <laughs> and you think, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Nothing. You were designed this way. Because you want to be able to take the bad stuff out that you hear. You don't want that stuff staying. So short-term memory, long-term memory is a good thing. But we think in our heart, and we live out of our heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. Guarding our hearts begins with what we put in and allow in our minds. We are constantly hearing, speaking, and hearing words, both inwardly and outwardly. We are word creatures. We think in words. We speak in words. We sing in words. Everything about communication for human beings is about words. In a few weeks, we're going to Nicaragua. I don't know Spanish. Talk about feeling like your hands are tied behind your back. I'm supposed to minister the gospel without using English. <laughs> Almost impossible, except for that spirit thing. <laughs> we have a skit that we're going to do in Nicaragua, and it really wasn't going very well because we don't speak the language. So we have little signs with Spanish words and... You were like, okay, uh, whatever you say, Lord, because it doesn't look so good. Thankfully, at the last minute, God's orchestration, we have a Spanish-speaking student that's coming with us. And so he can narrate this, this skit for us, which makes it so much better. <laughs> because now they can understand what we're trying to say. Understanding what we say and understanding what God says is important. Understanding how God has made us to work is important. In Genesis 1.26, it says this, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. 
and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. I like this scripture because it tells us we are made like God. We are of the God kind. God is Father, Son, and Spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. He is three in one. We are three in one. We're spirit, soul, and body. We're three. Now, my spirit is me, my soul is me, and my body is me. The Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. We're made like him. And he made us to operate like him. He made us to operate like him. How does he operate? How did he create the entire world? With words. That's how important and powerful our words are. God used words to create everything. We want to create things in our heart so that we can create things in our life. It all comes by words, his words in particular. Now, everything begins with a thought. When God thought about creation, he had a whole plan. He just didn't show up one day, so to speak, and said, hmm, I think I'll make a world. Hmm, I'll throw some animals on it. No, it was all, all planned out. He thought about this before he spoke a word. In the Hebrew, the word thoughts, makashabaha. It says it's a contrivance. Contrivance means invention. It includes intentions, plans, imaginations, purposes, and thoughts. Everything God spoke was first a thought. In fact, when we say Jesus is the Logos, the Word, it's always translated the Word, the Word doesn't mean something just, just simply something spoken. It means a communication. Thoughts, intentions, plans, and purposes. It isn't just the spoken Word. So Jesus is the Word. He is the expression of God. If you want perfect theology, you look at Jesus. What is God the Father really like? He's a spirit. We can't see him. So he sent his expression. He sent his word. We call him the Son. So that we would know God's thoughts and plans and purposes and intentions. Everything started with a thought. When God said, hmm, I think I want light to come next. He thought light. And then he said, light be. He released what he wanted with his words. He released his faith. God's a faith God. He released his faith and said, light be. And it became. Okay? When God speaks, whatever he speaks contains what he says. When God said, light, we didn't get grapes. <laughs> okay? What he spoke contained what he spoke. The word we had this morning, what was in that word? Financial blessing. Okay, what will that word produce if we believe it? Financial blessing. Okay, the word itself contains the ability to bring forth, because it's God's word, bring forth that creative power. Remember, we're like God. We're made like him. We're made to operate like he operates. So when we speak his word, it contains the power to become just like he did. Now, are we as good at it as he is? No. <laughs> but we, if we understand the importance and power of our words and God's words, we have the ability to do what Jesus did. In Mark chapter 4, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. 
This is when uh, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And they got into a boat and a storm arose. And it says, when he arose, he rebuked the wind. Now think about this. There's a man in the middle of a storm standing up talking to it. We would think he was crazy. But this is the son of God. And he spoke to the storm and said, peace, be still. And what happened? The wind ceased and there was a great calm. What I love about this is the word peace means involuntary silence. Basically, Jesus said, be silent. Stop talking. Stuff talks. Circumstances talk. (laughs) Okay? Here's the proof. Stuff talks. Jesus was answering a storm who was scaring the stuffings out of his disciples. (laughs) And he said, be silent. And then he said, be still. Now we make that sound so like it wasn't really a storm. Peace, be still. No, that's not what he said. He got defiant because he knows his power and authority. And he knows the power of his word. And he said, silence, shut up. That's what be still actually means. Be muzzled. Jesus told the storm to shut up and stop talking. Because as long as it kept talking, it had power. Don't let stuff talk to you. Don't let it have power in your life. Don't let circumstances try to tell you who God is or what belongs to you or worse yet, who you are. So when God speaks to us, we can receive the power that is contained in that word to produce what that word of spoke contains. We have to when we hear a word, though, like this morning. One other way to say amen is to raise your hand. Let me tell you that. Because I didn't hear a lot of amens when this, when this wonderful word came forth this morning. Now, I don't know if you're accepting it in your heart or not. That doesn't matter. I'm just telling you in case you want to know. <laughs> amen. This is mine. <laughs> I'm taking it. <laughs> don't be bashful. If God has given it out, don't be bashful. If you want what he's talking about, if you want to receive the word that contains what your promise and your blessing, go ahead and take it. Get that hand up. It's mine. It's available because that's the power of a spoken word in church. God doesn't speak these words just so he can talk. He's trying to get stuff into our lives. He's trying to activate our faith, and he does it by speaking his word. He speaks to us inwardly, and he speaks to us outwardly. In a corporate setting, the power of the spoken word, there is an anointing on God's word when somebody speaks it. You know, a lot of times we say, oh, that person, that prophet, they're so anointed when they speak. Not really. It's the word. It's the word that's anointed. Yes, is the man anointed? Absolutely. He's anointed to bring it forth. But it's the word itself that changes us. There's an anointing. The power to create that thing spoken is in that word. Don't let spoken words in church just fly by your head. Amen. (laughs) Grab them. They're for us. In Hebrews 4.2 it says this, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Two people can hear the same word and only one get blessed. Why? Because they're not using their faith. 
the same person can hear the same word twice and get a different effect each time. I'll tell you about me. <laughs> I like Joseph Prince. Well, he had some special on probably a year ago or so. And it was on late at night on TBN. And it had been a long day. But I really like Joseph Prince, so I'm staying up late. Oh, I'm going to watch this. Well, there's 45 minutes of worship <laughs> before you get to the message. Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> and about, about 30 minutes into his message, I'm like, this is so dull. <laughs> this is so boring. It's so tired. I'm going to bed. And I thought, oh, that was a waste of time. Six months later, they play a rerun. And I think, well, I'll try it again. Fabulously anointed. Fabulously anointed. What? It's a rerun. It didn't change. <laughs> what was the variable? <laughs> so sometimes when we go to church and we say, I didn't get anything out of that. It'll come around again. Praise God. Sometimes the variable is us. You know what? We don't receive when we're sleepy. We don't receive well when we're tired and, you know, or overtired. It's important that we be awake <laughs> to hear his word to us. <laughs> but we have to mix it with faith. Faith is a decision to believe and receive what God is saying. In Matthew 13, Jesus talks about the sower of the word. He says the words are like seeds and hearts are like soil. The thing about soil is it will grow anything. Doesn't matter what kind of seed it is. If it's good soil, it'll grow whatever you put into it. What are you putting into your soil? Okay? I like the old-fashioned murder mysteries where the TV show was about the puzzle and not about the murder. It was about figuring out who did it and that kind of thing. I like the old-fashioned ones because they weren't gruesome and icky. I don't watch the new ones because they're usually gruesome and icky. Well, one afternoon I thought, I have something, something entertaining, you know? We don't watch regular television hardly ever. I found this, this show. I won't tell you which one it was. And I'm watching it, you know, with my remote ready. Ready, okay. I'm going to watch out the corner of my eye here. Okay, it looks okay, okay, it looks okay. So far, so good. So far, so good. I'm ready. I'm going to turn it off. I see anything I don't like watching because I know to guard my heart. Okay, I don't know anything about this show. I'm guarding my. I'm guarding. I'm on. I'm on watch. I got through a whole show with a. Oh, that was, it was about the. It was about the puzzle. Oh, maybe this is one I can watch. <laughs> and so I watched it a couple more times, and each time it's like, I'm still guarding, still looking. And then they came to a show where they did something horrible. And I was like, never again. Never again will I watch that show. Why? Because I don't want that kind of stuff sown in my heart. I want life and peace and joy in my heart. I don't want murder and gruesome stuff stuck in my heart. It begins by putting it in her head. And the more you put something in your head, the more of it you're going to grow. And when we, we sow things like that into our heart, it will start to crowd out your faith. That's what weeds do. They crowd out the good fruit. They crowd out the good seed. They, they start to try to take over. It's important that we allow what kind of words and uh, images we allow into our heart. I forgot to bring my apple seed. Cut up an apple just for you guys. So I can bring my seed. <laughs> an apple seed is about that big. It's teeny, teeny, tiny. But what's in that? That teeny, tiny little seed. There's an entire tree in there with all the apples I could ever want. Now, if I plant that teeny tiny little seed in my backyard and give it some time, 
I will have an apple tree with all the apples I could ever want. That's the power of a seed. That's the power of God's Word. One word from God really can change your whole life. Because it's not just for today. God's Word has a, a growing effect, as long as we mix it with faith. In uh, Romans 10, says this, 10.17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I have it here in two versions I want you to see. One is King James, and one is the ESV. We probably all know with King James by heart. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The ESV says it this way. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. When you say the Word of God, Christians usually think the Bible. The Word of God. This is how I get faith. The Word of God. But this doesn't actually say that. This does not say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the scriptures that we read. <laughs> it doesn't say that. Now, I'm not discounting that, okay? But I'm making a point here. What this actually says, the spoken word of Christ is the key to activating faith. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing the spoken word. You have to speak it. And he is the one who brings the faith. You see, it's the word of Christ. It's the word of the living God. This book is not the living God. <laughs> it's not. Now, can this be a living word? Absolutely. Absolutely. But when it's spoken, God anoints it with the power to create. Years ago, I raised a nephew who was very difficult. And I told my children, you know, bedtime is 8 o'clock. But if you read your Bible, let's just stay up till 8.30. Every kid wants to stay up later than they're supposed to. And this really worked, actually, too. But you actually had to read your Bible. You couldn't just be playing around. <laughs> and so Jason was the oldest, and he said, can I listen to it on tape instead? And I thought, okay, Lord, is that a good idea? I said, okay, as long as you stay in your bed, you're not playing with toys, you're actually listening, yes, you can stay up. So we went to the Christian library and got tapes. And he listened to the Word of God every night before he went to bed. He didn't study the Word. He wasn't really listening. <laughs> he wasn't actively listening. But it started to affect him. The Lord said, watch. Because you know, when you start to go to sleep, you're in that state where your spirit is very waking up and going to sleep. There's that twilight place where we're more aware of our spirit man. And that's why he was hearing the word come in, in that twilight place. And in two weeks, it started to make a change. I know listening to the word, it was spoken. It was spoken. There's anointing on the spoken word. It is the spoken word of a living voice. The spoken word of the living voice of Christ. In Ephesians 5.26, it says this, that he might sanctify them, talking about the Lord, and cleanse it, the church, with the washing of water by the word. Washing of water by the rhema. Whenever God's word is spoken, he anoints it. There's power in it for us to take it and receive it. In John chapter 6, 63, it says this, It is the Spirit that makes alive. Flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you, in particular, the words Jesus speaks to us, the Holy Spirit speaking to us, those are the words that are spirit and life. 
Now, some of you probably think, well, this is nice. But some people, when you talk about hearing the Lord, they're like, oh, no, I have to hear the Lord? (laughs) Do you know how hard that is to hear the Lord? Christians struggle a lot with hearing the Lord. So when he says, my words, the spoken word, what I'm speaking is anointed and has creative power. It's not just hearing. It's hearing him speak. That's the difference. And some Christians get very uncomfortable when you start talking about, can I hear God? Do I hear God? John chapter 10, verse 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You see, if you're a sheep, you hear. Now, you may have to practice hearing. Okay? You only get good at something by practice. (laughs) Kenneth Copeland told a story recently that he has two pastor friends that play hide-and-seek with the Holy Spirit. They're not hiding from the Spirit. They hide from each other, and the Holy Spirit tells on them. That's cool. They do it on purpose. They make arrangements to practice hearing the Holy Spirit. Okay? You and I hear the Holy Spirit all of the time. One of the things you do have to know is that you can't expect your heart to believe one thing and speak another. I'm going to practice hearing the Lord. I'm going to flow with the Spirit all of the time. I'm going to hear Him constantly because you can And that's the point. The word says that believers should live by faith. It is the spoken word of Christ that gives us faith. We're supposed to live by the spoken word of God all of the time. He's constantly speaking, but he's not using these ears. Now, not many people ever hear God with their ears. It does happen. It's happened to me. Once when I was being really stupid, and once when he was calling me to an assignment, When I was about 18, I had accepted the Lord when I was 10, and I knew nothing about Christianity. (laughs) I knew nothing about walking with Jesus. (laughs) So I lived like a heathen. I was born again, but I lived like a heathen. I lived according to my conscious mind, and that was it. And one day, I was late for work, and I was taking the back roads, and I was gunning it. (laughs) And they have, in back roads, they have hills and valleys and hills and valleys. And I remind you, I'm not in church. If anyone had seen me, you'd say, that's not a saved girl. (laughs) But when I went down a hill and up a hill, as I was on my way up, probably doing 90, 95, I heard the Lord, an audible voice in the back seat that said, you better stop now. I slammed on the brakes. And when I got to the top of the hill, there was a semi who had run into another vehicle, and I would have killed myself and probably all of them. The other time I heard the Lord out loud, he made me go to church. We used to have in my holiness church missionary night. It was once a month. It was uh, facilitated by an older lady who was very stern. She wore her hair really tight, and she was always, always very straight and stern and hard. But she loved Jesus with all of her heart. You just couldn't tell from the outside. <laughs> and it was missionary night, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go. I, I think I have a headache coming on, Lord. I'm pretty sure I have a headache, because we didn't believe in healing. I, I think I have a headache. <laughs> and the Lord said, no, I want you to go to church. No, you know, I, I maybe a little nauseousness, too. <laughs> I was thinking myself sick so I could get out of going to church. Say stupid. <laughs> Finally, I relented. <laughs> okay, Lord, because the Lord said, I have something for you at church. Why can't you just give it to me here? 
There is a corporate anointing, and some things God will only speak to you in church. Sorry. <laughs> so I gave in, and I went to church. And you know, she was up front doing her thing, and I'm in the back row going, how much longer is this going to take? <laughs> I'm being obedient, Lord. See me be obedient. I'm obedient. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I heard this vo- the same voice that spoke to me from the back seat of my car. I hear again with my ears. And he says, I have called you to be as an intercessor to this denomination. And I ducked. I said, you must be talking to her. Because <laughs> she really loves Jesus and she's all about missions. Go ahead, keep talking to her. <laughs> and he says, no, this is for you. I'm calling you to intercede for this denomination. And I, he called me to that denomination for 18 years. I saw with my own eyes Basically, miracles happen in the politics of that denomination. So hearing the voice of God with your ears can be good, too. It doesn't necessarily mean you're being stupid. (sighs) But you know what? If you don't recognize the voice of the Spirit in you, you won't recognize the Spirit of God outside of you. I was ducking, okay? (laughs) I'm thinking, this is not for me. Okay, so hearing with the outside ears is not what's important. What's important is hearing him on the inside. The number one way God will speak to you is in your thoughts. God is a thought God. In Isaiah 14, 24, it says this. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And I have purposed, so shall it stand. Every word begins with a thought. God doesn't have to speak. He can just think things into creation. And the truth is, we're made like him. Everything that produces in our life begins with a thought. It matters what we think about. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says this, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If I have to make an instant decision about something, one of the things I've learned to say is, Okay, Lord, Cause me to think your thoughts. And I just quiet my mind. And that thought will come up. Just that easy. Hearing God is easy. Hearing God is easy. He said, you're sheep. You hear me. Hearing God is easy. Now, you may have to practice discerning his voice. When you know a voice, you can always discern it. Years ago, I was, went to the grocery store. And I'm buying groceries, and I hear somebody three aisles over clear their throat. That's all they did. I knew instantly who it was. It was my mom. I know her voice so well, all she has to do is clear her throat, and I know it's her. The same way is true with us and the Holy Spirit. As we lean to the Holy Spirit and practice hearing it, believe, that's the thing. You have to believe you hear. If you think it's too hard to hear God, I've not been good enough to hear God. That's all a lie. Satan is a liar. Okay, and you know what else? Jesus sounds just like you. Okay, he doesn't sound different. Yeah, this is God. No! (laughs) He sounds just like you. You sound just like him. Why? Because you're one. Okay, so that's why sometimes we go... Is that you or is that me? No, we can have flesh thoughts and we can have demonic thoughts. So you do have to distinguish. If it's selfish, it's of the flesh. Pure and simple. (laughs) If you think a thought, you think, "Ah, it's a little bit selfish. (laughs) If 
you're going to pout if you don't get it. Yeah, selfish. <laughs> okay, flesh. But then there are demonic thoughts. Two weeks ago, when I ministered the word about God's loving kindness, as soon as I got out into the parking lot, I heard this. You made God look too good. And I thought, oh. and he said it again. You made God look too good. You gave people false hope. As soon as he said that, I was like, oh, you're such a liar. <laughs> but you know what? I didn't judge it for myself. I took it to the Lord. Lord, what do you say? And the Lord said, there's no such thing as false hope. Okay, I don't necessarily always judge a thought unless it's obviously demonic. And then you just cast those things down. They don't have any right to be in your head. You take authority of them, over them, and you cast them down. But I don't necessarily judge a thought if I'm not sure. I always take it, Holy Spirit, what do you say? Lord, what do you say? Cause me to think your thoughts. Just like that. God is faithful. He doesn't want us walking around without our GPS, <laughs> our God positioning system. <laughs> okay? He wants us to hear him. So if we make a wrong turn, recalculating. <laughs> he, can, he can turn this around just that quick. But it's a matter of being available. Understanding one, you do hear him. No doubt. Don't ever let Satan tell you that you can't or you don't hear God. It's a lie. Okay? Now, there are two voices that your subconscious listens to that has more power than anything else you can hear. Two of them. It's not your mom. <laughs> it's your own voice and it's God's voice. Those two voices carry weight above every other voice in, in this world. And it's because his voice and your voice sound exactly alike. So it matters what comes out of our mouth. I want to show you a song. These are words to a song. I'm not going to tell you who sings it. <laughs> because I love, this, I love the music and I love the artist's rendition of it. I love every, I want to listen to this song. It's so, I like it. I hate the words. These are the words. When you don't move the, the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. Those three last lines are a lie if you believe the first ones. Because, you know what this says? It says, God, you don't come through for me. You don't move my mountains, God. There's something wrong with you. But I'm going to trust you anyway. And, oh, by the way, you don't part the waters for me either. You let me drown. Oh, but I'm still going to trust you. Not. Uh, <laughs> and, and when I ask you questions, you never answer me. But I will still trust you. It's a lie. You may wonder why we don't have new songs all the time. Good songs are hard to find. <laughs> because we understand first the power of, your, of the word and the power of our identity. And we will not let you sing things that will undermine your faith. We won't sing this song. Let me tell you how, how this translates. This is what it actually means. When I don't move the mountain, you told me to move. Who's supposed to speak to that mountain? Not God. Did Jesus say, okay, guys, we're in a storm. Let's gather together and hold hands and ask the Father to save us. No. He knows who he is. 
He knows he has power and authority, and he knows he releases it with his words. Too many Christians are blaming God for not doing what we're supposed to do. When I don't move the mountains, you told me to move. When I don't part the waters, you said I could walk through. When I don't listen for the answers to the questions I've asked of you, I won't trust in you. I won't. This is the way we should sing it. When I speak to the mountains, you told me to move. When I walk through the waters, you said I could walk through. When I hear your voice speaking in my ear, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. You see, faith is not a work. It's a grace. We're always trying to build our faith. And can we? Yes. But there's only one way to build your faith. Hearing the spoken word of God. Even when you take this written word of God, you don't just read it. You have to listen for the Holy Spirit in it. This only becomes alive because of the Holy Spirit. He speaks. Don't ever read the Bible alone. Don't ever read it alone. Always ask the Holy Spirit to make it alive because his words are spirit and they are life. See, faith comes by grace. It's a gift. Our Father has given us faith. We have it. But the only thing that activates that faith is the spoken word of the Spirit. When you hear God, just like that, faith happens. Just like that, faith happens. So how do you build your faith? By hearing the spoken word of God. A few weeks ago, my mother had a heart attack. She was rushed by flight to life to Milwaukee. Got a phone call from my dad. Do you want me to come? No, I don't know anything. We don't know if it's something minor or something. Well, they took her by flight for life, so that wasn't quite true. (laughs) Do you want me to come now? No, don't come now, because they didn't know anything. I went to the Lord. Lord, is this her time? Because, you know, if it is, I'm not staying here. I'm coming anyway. Lord, is this her time? I have to know, because if I don't know, I'm not going to go to sleep. And I'll be a wreck at work tomorrow. Lord, I have to know, is it her time? I quieted my mind, and he said, no, it's not her time. And I said, could you speak a little louder? (laughs) You know what I expected him to do? I expected him to say it a different way. That's what I expected. But you know what he did? He spoke it louder. He did. He said, no, it's not her time. Yes, it's okay to go to sleep. (laughs) I, I wasn't expecting that. He will often answer you in a way you don't expect so that you know it's him and not you. Okay, my mother had a serious heart attack and I slept all night like a baby. Why? Faith came. Whatever God speaks to you contains what he speaks to you. He spoke peace to my heart and I had peace in my heart. When Lauren went into the hospital, the Holy Spirit said, watch how you tell people. Be careful how you relay this information. He said it to me, he said it to my husband. My husband went to work because he had gone to see Lauren in the hospital. And his friend at work says, "Um, what's your friend got? 
It's got Jesus. <laughs> no, no, no. What has he got? He's got Jesus. Because <laughs> the Lord had told him the same thing. When you're relating information, it matters what comes out of our mouth. Because what, first of all, it's going to affect your own faith, and it's going to affect the faith of others. One of the things that uh, Heather, I pick her up for work, and after my mom had her heart attack, her and Pastor Steve said that they would pray. When I picked her up, she says, I have a scripture for you. In Psalms it says, the Lord is the strength of my heart. I went, ah. I went, ah. My spirit said, yep. I just do that. My mom is home and doing well. You can't live without knowing his voice. Because life comes from his voice. You have to hear him. And I'm sorry, it takes time. (laughs) You have to be in his word so he can bring that word to your remembrance. You have to practice hearing him. Practice all day long. Practice at your job. Ask him questions constantly. Is this the right thing? Should I do this? What do you think about that, Lord? Make it a continuous conversation. The word says we should pray without ceasing. That does not mean we are on our face before an altar. It means we are, we are, our heart is before him always. We understand that he is our life. And he's worth our life to us. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for your word, your spoken word and your written word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being the word of God to us and for us. We thank you that you give us the grace of faith. You give us faith as a gift so that we can have and take whatsoever you speak to us. We thank you that your words contain creative power. And you said to those who abide in your word, nothing, nothing would be impossible for them. Father God, I ask that you would challenge your children to hear you more, to hear you more, to trust you more, to hear you more. Father God, I ask that you open our ears this morning to our heart. And that, Father God, whatever, wherever you would lead us in our prayer time, wherever you would lead us in our, in our quiet time, that we would take those things and meditate them, knowing you speak in them and through them. Father God, we thank you for the anointing on the spoken word, that as I speak, it's not about how smart I am or not. It's about who you are in the word. You anoint it. You feed your sheep through your shepherds. You are the words of life. There is no place else to go. We thank you, Father God, for this word. We receive it by faith. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.